accumulation, preservation, generation. At Busey Bank, these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families. With sound advice and vast resources, partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Okay, so the U.S. Marshals Service has got to take it over this whole investigation into the Minnesota homicide suspect who was allowed to saunter out the front door of the Marion County Sheriff's Office due to a clerical error. I'm going to stop calling it a clerical error. It was pure negligence. It was it was a negligent release, all right? Totally preventable, and you get what you pay for down there. Those people can't be making that much money that are filling out the paperwork. And so Tommy Lee Jones in the U.S. Marshal's office has stepped in and said, all right, guys, we're taking this over. That's just fancy talk for you guys are too incompetent. We're in charge now. Anytime the feds step up and say, this is our investigation now, it's either a major thing that has national security ramifications, which while this guy is an accused murderer, I don't know if it falls into that category, or we think the leadership of your department is so asinine and so incompetent, we're in charge now. You guys go over there, color in a corner, and we will be in charge of this investigation. Now they're saying he probably left the state the day that he got out, the day that he walked out. What was the excuse the Marion County Sheriff's Office used for not letting the public know right away? They basically said, we didn't want to show our hand. You know, we, complete, we've got a plan. It's complete and utter BS. They were hoping to catch the guy right. before the public found out. And they gave him, a what, a four-day head start? They should have let everybody know immediately we had a negligent release, totally preventable. Here's this guy's picture. Be on the lookout for him the moment they found out. But the problem is... Kerry Forrestal, the Marion County Sheriff, the man in charge of all of this, is coming off a situation where their department kind of half-assed a situation that resulted in a deputy losing his life. When Deputy Durham transported that monster that shot and killed the woman in front of the daycare center, taking him to his medical examination at the hospital, he was alone. And he was ultimately ambushed and murdered by that rotten SOB. So all the goodwill, if you want to call it that, was thrown out the window with Kerry Forrestal at that point. And here we are, like a month later, talking about more examples of incompetence. negligence and again i said at the beginning you get what you pay for down there those people can't be making that much money in terms of the the clerical staff or whoever's running you know it's not as it can't be as simple as a a misspelled name although that's happened before i believe too where uh, somebody's gotten out because of the misspelling of a name or a a missed uh, box that was checked it was totally negligent and totally preventable and them keeping wraps on it, it was such, oh, well, we, we just want to show our hand. They were hoping, they, they gambled and they lost. You get what you pay for. I hear what you're saying. But you also get what you vote for. And this is what happens in Marion County. 
we're always talking about the ridiculous things that happen here. But guess what happens? People will go to the ballot box, and because they're so wed to that letter D next to somebody's name, they just vote for him. Kerry Forrestal should resign. Ryan Mears is incompetent at his job. Boss Hawkset has had eight years, and under his time in Indianapolis, we've seen record homicides. We've seen businesses leaving in droves, people leaving in droves because of the crime, because of the homelessness, because of the drugs. But he's got a D next to his name. He's a Democrat, so I feel like we have to vote for him. That's the kind of crap that happens in Marion County. So if you're somebody that has voted for any one of these clowns, you don't get to say a word. You sit this conversation out. When these horrible things happen at the sheriff's office, when Boss Hogsett goes missing during riots, when the prosecutor refuses to put bad people behind bars, you sit this conversation out because apparently you're fine with this. When the prosecution lets somebody plead down a murder charge to burglary, for instance, right? This drives me insane. We put this on our social media, and it's unbelievable. Like, it's believable because I know who's responsible for it, and that's a shame. But any other place, this would be unbelievable. So, Prosecutor Ryan Mears... Indianapolis Marion County prosecutor and his office plan to dismiss a murder charge against an Indianapolis woman. Now, the guy, Zachariah Schmidt, he was accused of killing his ex-girlfriend inside her home on Christmas. Yeah, I remember this. This was back in 2020. Yeah. Court records show that part of a plea agreement that was created this past week The murder suspect pleaded guilty to burglary in exchange for the murder charge being dropped. The Marion County prosecutor plead down murder for burglary. Well, wait a minute. How was the murder suspect? You mentioned his sister. So according to the affidavit, this guy, Zachariah Schmidt, left the scene of the killing and returned Hours later, covered in the victim's blood, the murder weapon was found, wiped free of fingerprints, and the coroner ruled the case a homicide. So this guy's sister, Chelsea, reportedly and repeatedly lied to the police that the death was a suicide. The victim's family said the prosecutors told them that jail phone call records indicated that the sister admitted to the murder, What? but she was never charged with that crime. So she pleaded guilty to assisting a criminal murder. <laughs> but nobody's been charged with the actual murder? And her sentence was almost entirely suspended. She was placed just on probation. So here's a murdered woman in a house on Christmas and nobody is being charged with the murder of this oh, woman. Well, that's okay. They're still charging him with burglary. Unbelievable. Right? This is uh, from fox59.com. The family is also criticizing the Marion County Sheriff's Office for allowing the sister, Chelsea, 
her brother Zachariah, who was accused. Did you say the sheriff's office or the prosecutor's uh, I'm sorry, office? I'm, sorry, I'm looking at the Marion County Sheriff's Office okay. allowed Chelsea Zachariah and other family members to get together inside the jail when Chelsea earned her high school equivalency degree. The sheriff's office posted a picture of that meeting on the Facebook page. The, the, the Zechariah dude was pending trial for murder when this picture was taken. It's on, It was on the Marion County Sheriff's Facebook page. Congratulations to Chelsea Smith for earning her high school equivalency degree. We're blessed to be joined by graduates and her family and honor Chelsea's hard work, blah, 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 blah. And, and there's the, the Zechariah dude in the picture. They, they were all allowed to get together in a room while his murder trial was pending, unmonitored. Have you ever heard of that before? This is Marion County, and people voted for this <laughs> repeatedly in big numbers. Ryan Mears won his election with 60% of the vote. The sheriff, Kerry Forrestal, won with big numbers. Boss Hogsett, probably going to win again. Now, you mentioned that Fox 59 article. They had a chance to speak to some of the family members here. Now, keep in mind, these family members, they just witnessed everybody plead down to the murder. No one is being charged with murder in the death of their loved one. This is their reaction. It's heart-wrenching, you know, to know that we'll never have closure. I feel like I'm reliving her death all over again. Burglary doesn't have anything to do with the murder, and we don't understand how they can just, they want to win, so they're going to get a burglary charge instead of a murder. He didn't steal anything but her life. This family is hurting. You know, they lost a loved one, and nobody is being held accountable. Sounds like more incompetence from the prosecutors, the judges, the Marion County Sheriff's Office, and again, the the co-defendants were allowed to interact in jail unmonitored while the trial was pending? Has anybody in law enforcement ever heard of something like that happening before? They put it on their damn Facebook page. They were happy about it. They're bragging about it. Unbelievable. Wow. Nigel, all of this incompetence in Marion County It's just such bad news, and it brings me down on a Friday. I need something to pick me up. So if you need a reason to have a beverage tonight, if you're looking for a reason to celebrate Beer Sample Friday, happy 65th birthday to Joan Jett. Oh, yeah. Now, I know she's kind of a super lib, and she was recently feuding about gun stuff with Ted Nugent. Really? I didn't I didn't see that. But when I you just politics. focus on the music, yeah. if you just listen to her hits, man, that's a solid list. Bad Reputation, I Love Rock and Roll, Crimson and Clover, I Hate Myself for Loving You. So, we're going to do some Choose Your Own Adventure here, Nige. Do you want to hear a cover of Kelly Clarkson doing I Love Rock and Roll, or do you want to hear a cover of Miley Cyrus doing I Hate Myself for Loving You? Of course, I don't believe either one of these covers are going to be better than the original, but I do like Miley Cyrus and her voice. Let's go go Miley Cyrus covers of, uh, I think that's the song that's going on her grave. Let's do Miley Cyrus's cover. For you. Let me hear Kelly Clarkson. Let me, let, let me hear Kelly real quick. 
have the, I gotta hear Joan Jett. Maybe we should have the Hammer and Nigel Music Minute, like Tony Katz does on Thursdays. <laughs> Screw it. We're just gonna play a full song. I'm gonna go at the back and play Grab Ass while you guys listen to a three and a half minute album cut. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And we skip to the good part. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. We are having a good time on this Friday. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is here. And joining us now on the 93 WIBC Hotline, meteorologist and altogether awesome, fine American, Tara Hastings joins us. Tara, how are you? Wow, thank you. Oh, man, I'm doing great. Living the dream right now. Before the end of this before the end of this call, I expect to hear you open a can of beer. I expect to hear that sound, okay? So just <laughs> get ready. Boy, I opened up uh, you really did. A, a can of worms last time, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tara, I got to be honest. I'm digging this weather. Like, if it would stay like this all year long, this would be like my perfect situation. You can open the windows in the night. You got the windows down during the daytime, driving to work. I'm here for this. So, for those going out tonight to high school football games or maybe you're going to you know farm aid or some sort of concert date night this yeah. weekend what are we looking at Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, we've got a little bit of cloud cover moving in right now, but we've got temps in the low 80s for the day today. In heading into the evening hours tonight, we're going to be dry. This is my favorite, too, because uh, it's warm in the afternoons, cool and crisp to start off the mornings, and the humidity is low, too. So no big problems at all if you're out and about tonight or if you are um, – Heading out early tomorrow or throughout the weekend. Gosh, I know we have so much stuff going on here in Indianapolis this weekend with the Circle City Classic. Uh, we've got concerts. We've got college football. I swear, on what every college in Indiana has a home game this weekend. Yeah, so we got action up at was- Purdue tonight. West Lafayette, a little Friday yeah. night college football. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so that is going to be uh, dry tonight. We're going to see clear skies, and it'll be a bit cooler tonight. Uh, what I like to call crisp and refreshing, we're going to see uh, temperatures into the 50s later tonight. So. Now, I can deal with that. Now, long range here, like talking about through next week, is it going to be the same? Because I know Indiana weather. Like, by next <laughs> Wednesday, it could either be 95 or 12. <laughs> Well, here, I hope it's not 95 because our air conditioning went out. So, oh, no. Um, I'm hoping. <laughs> I know. American it's, Standard it's, Heating it's and Air. Good. Tell them Hammer and Nigel sent you, Tara. <laughs> I will. I will. That's a good plug. Um, yeah. So, no, actually, we're going to see this like fall like pattern settle in because fall officially begins uh, at 2.50 in the morning tomorrow. And it's going to feel like fall heading into much of next week. And, you know, we desperately need some rain around here, right? Uh, We've got dry conditions pretty much across the entire state. 
and it looks like we are going to see um, some rain chances possibly on Tuesday and Wednesday as well. So, so let's uh, look ahead to Sunday here, and I'm not talking about Indianapolis. Yeah. I'm talking about Baltimore, Maryland. The Colts at the Ravens this Sunday, yeah. 1 o'clock kickoff in Baltimore. I've heard some rumors that there may be a chance of some weather. Now, Tara, there yeah. are gambling ramifications on the line Uh-oh. here. The weather can affect the over-under bet. So depending on what you tell me here, I may be talked into taking the under. Talk to me. What do we got? Ooh, all right. Well, so we've got, uh, we just had a tropical storm named Ophelia, just named, and it is going to be moving up the East Coast here. And I looked, and it looks like Baltimore is just north of the tropical storm warnings, but they do have uh, some tropical statements out there. So it's going to be much cooler temperatures. Game time probably be in the 60s, and I mean probably even like lower 60s. And rain chances will be possible, especially for the first part of the day. And I literally just looked at a computer model right before I popped on here with you, and it looks like there is a chance of seeing some of those showers pushing in right around kickoff here. So... There is the possibility that we could see some rain heading into the East Coast because of that tropical system. So what I heard was Tara Hastings say, take the under. Take the under is the official statement from uh, Tara Hastings right there. Yes. All right. One more thing here before we let you go. Was there a a hurricane? Somebody was kept on telling me there is a Hurricane Nigel out there. That the uh, oh my gosh, I believe there was yes, but it kind of dissipated. It, like, it didn't show yeah, up. Shocking. Was- <laughs> <laughs> I was here yeah, four out of the five days just- this week. Oh okay, it was. Uh, I think it was just hanging around in the Atlantic, but I don't think yep. it actually made landfall anywhere at all. But yeah, because we're on O, because Ophelia. So yes. There was a Nigel. (laughs) You have got a cool charity event coming up. Tell us about it. Yeah. Hey, tonight we're doing uh, some karaokeing. Is that even a word, karaokeing? Sure. We're doing a karaoke event. How's that? Um, Yeah. So for those of you that do not know, uh, I am a caregiver for my dad who is just turned 68 years old, and he was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. And... So Walk to End Alzheimer's has been my my passion and my cause here the last couple of years since I've been here in Indianapolis. And we are raising money tonight for the Walk to End Alzheimer's. We're doing a karaoke event uh, from 7 to 10 in, at Gatsby's over on the city's northwest side. I have a babysitter tonight. Yeah. We're going to rock and roll. All right. Have you decided on the song you're going to perform? Well, I, I've got a couple. I think I'm going to do, um, I like Black Velvet by Alana Miles. Okay. Maybe that one, maybe. Right. And possibly got some friends there as well. Uh, Kayla Sullivan from Wish TV oh, has yeah. been confirmed. She is coming as well. And I don't know if you guys know this, but she is a really good singer as well. So Awesome. Um, now, you put out a tweet this past week asking people, what do you think I should sing? And my suggestion yeah. was Pony by Genuine. <laughs> now, you've it told me. Not- that that's a no-go, right? 
<laughs> oh, come on. Because I can totally see you owning that crowd. You walk up there, you bring up a chair, you sit down one of your Wish TV colleagues. Let's say it's Richard Essex. You sit Richard Essex in the chair. Next thing you know, Tara Hastings has got that crowd in the palm of her hand, and grown up stuff is about to go down. Richard Essex has a glazed look on his face, like, oh, wow. That needs to happen tonight, Tara. Oh, my gosh. That's great. That is great. That is fantastic. Well, good Man, luck this tonight. Brings back good memories of that those nineties tunes. You know? <laughs> I oh, hope you raise great. a crap ton of money tonight. Good luck, and uh, again, you, head out to Gatsby's tonight and help out Tara Hastings. Tara, thank you. You bet. Thank you, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. <laughs> yeah. What up? This is Dr. Dre. The party's going on. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Yeah, hello, I'm Nigel Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Tommy Piggott is the RNC Rapid Response Director. He's the man. You can see some of his work at the popular Twitter handle, at RNC Research. Tommy, let's start with the border. I know all the media is talking about Zelensky's appearance in Washington yesterday and all the things that go along with it. But to me, the biggest story in America is what's happening at the border, specifically Eagle Pass right now. I'm curious as to your thoughts. Well, I agree with you. I mean, it's kind of a shocking scale of a crisis here, and it's been shocking for 30 months in a row. It's astonishing to me that the media has been so slow to pick this up. I mean, some of them are now going down there, and they're acting like, this crisis that we're seeing now in Eagle Pass with this huge number of border crossings has come out of nowhere when in reality it's been going on day after day, week after week, month after month. And now we're seeing over the past week something like 65,000 legal border crossings in a single week. And just to put that strain into context of what that means for communities, you have Eric Adams in New York saying 10,000 per month arriving in New York, migrants arriving in New York, it's destroying the city. That's his phrase, destroy New York. And you're seeing 65,000 in a single Weak. That is the scale of this crisis right now. And it's really Biden's doing nothing to solve it. And when I watched the coverage of the White House and their response to this, you know, Peter Ducey asks Corrine Jean-Pierre yesterday, you know, what would you call this? And she tries to answer the question with like a gotcha style question back at Peter Ducey. Like a Republicans. Well, right. Republicans but the Republicans. Right. No, there shouldn't be a but about it. What do you call this? And I think what Peter Ducey was trying to say was, is this an invasion? And the lack of response, not just from the media, but from Washington, from elected officials, is staggering to me, Tommy. They won't even use the word crisis, even call it a border crisis. I mean, it's, it's, they're trying to deny reality here. And, and unfortunately, you, you, sit yourself, you sit yourself down and you're asking yourself, why are they letting this happen? And it's so incompetent that you really have to question whether they just don't care or they want this crisis to exist. And that, that's not something that you say lightly. And I don't know. I'm not in their minds. But it is so incompetent. And the scale is so large. It, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling that they will refuse to call this the crisis that it is. And she talks about Republicans. I'd remind her that Republicans in the House passed the strongest border security bill in the history of the U.S. Congress. It is currently sitting with Chuck Schumer in the Senate. If they wanted to solve this problem, Chuck Schumer would pass that bill. Biden would sign it, but they don't want to solve this problem. And then, then they come back and say Republicans are somehow denying the funds 
for border security. That's absolute nonsense. Republicans, like I said, voted for that bill, support border security funding, wanted to increase the number of Border Patrol agents. But what has Biden done instead? He instead hired 80,000 IRS agents, blocking 20,000 Border Patrol agents. Well, on top of that, he doesn't want more money for border security. He wants more money to open the border wide open. He's not enforcing oh, no. the law. Yeah. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. They think they can throw money at it. But in reality, they need to enforce the laws. And Republicans want to do that badly. It's just Joe Biden is standing in the way. But like the I don't know if you saw Biden and Kamala both at that annual Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute conference, uh, uh, Tommy, where I mean, Biden says, quote, we're expanding legal pathways so businesses can get the workers they need. Uh, I've directed my team to make historic increases in the number of refugees from Latin America. So he's saying the quiet part out loud, which they've been denying the entire time. This went It went from the border is not open to now we're fully on display admitting in front of people that they're launching some this government this this government sponsored initiative to have these people come over and work. Well, and here's the current Biden policy. You know, they, they, they say that the border's not open. But if you cross the border illegally, Joe Biden will get you a house. I'm sorry, not a house. We'll, we'll shelter you in a hotel room. We'll get you a phone. We'll get you a job. I mean, that that's literally what his plan is currently. Uh, and, and that's encouraging a huge number of people to cross the border because why wouldn't they? Yeah, if they well, cross just, the border, yeah. Just like the Venezuelan thing where, where Biden just said, all right, 472,000 of you guys, we're going to give you temporary work status or whatever you call it, right? What message does that send to people that are still, um, you know, miles away across the border? It's, it's not a message saying stay home. It's a message of you're going to get, I mean, there's people that still have uh, legal status here from 1998 with the hurricane and Honduras. And I think the important part to remember this with in terms of uh, why this is such a bad policy, it encourages people to come, but also we have to remember who it's ultimately going to benefit the most. And those are the cartels that, yes. that run these human trafficking rings south of the border. Because when people hear that, they come to the border, they pay the cartels to get there. The cartels are expanding their criminal network inside the United States. There's a recent report that said the, the uptick in shop, shop, uh, shoplifting, much of that can be traced to the drug net networks built by cartels. People go and rob stores on behalf of the cartels. It's part and parcel with this drug net network that cartels are building. So this policy of encouraging coming to the people to the border, sometimes you hear people on the left saying, oh, what's so wrong about people crossing the border? I mean, we can talk about needing to have a really uh, a legitimate immigration system, having legal immigration, but really they always forget the fact that the more illegal immigration you have, the more people that make that check to the border, the more powerful the cartels become. And the cartels Cartels are one of, if not the most significant national security threat that this country faces. Tommy, I think ultimately the end game, right, if you're looking at the long game here, is that the Democrats believe all of these folks will be future Democrat voters. They stormed the border and they're going to vote Democrat moving forward. Is there any chance this backfires? Because I've heard from folks who came into this country legally and did everything the right way, and it took years for them to come into this country. They're ticked off. And there's a lot of people like that that did everything right, waited their time, waited their turn. They're ticked off at everything that's happening right now. And there's a lot of those people that might have voted Democrat in the past, but now we're saying, no, you guys cut the line. I'm voting the other way. Is there any chance this backfires? I think it already is. I mean, you have right now a poll from Hispanic Americans that say 
something like 70% of Hispanic Americans say the country is going badly right now. It's headed in the wrong direction. I mean, that's a massive number. We've seen huge movements among people that live along the border, among people that live in different cities towards the Republican Party because of these policies. Everyone wants safety. Everyone wants a fair process. Everyone wants a prosperous economy. And this border crisis is undermining all of those. I mean, it, it disrespects legal immigrants. It disrespects people that need resources here in the United States. Powerful example in New York. New York has a balanced budget that they need to fulfill. They're spending all this money on their quote-unquote right-to-shelter laws, their sanctuary city policies. They're going to be forced to cut services to New Yorkers because of this border crisis, because Biden refuses to put in place a process that actually works for those people that want to come to this country and for people in this country. I mean, and ultimately, and I have to stress this, Biden's border policies are not humane. They do not help people trying to cross this border. They only help the cartels. They only help these insidious organizations that have the only intent of selling poison to American communities. That's how evil this policy is. That's, that's how much it's empowering evil people. And that's how much it needs to end. And I think it is backfiring across the country. Tommy Piggott is our guest. He is the RNC Rapid Response Director. Tommy, let's pivot to Bidenomics. And there's a new report out that shows Americans are spending over $700 more per month for the same goods and services and products that they had previous to Joe Biden. $700 more per month. That's a big number. Uh, it is. I mean, it's a, it's a massive number. And we're talking about paying that month after month after month. And I think that's where Biden gets his numbers all warped. He takes credit or bizarrely wants to take credit for the inflation rate being more than double what it was when he took office, which I don't know how that's a bragging point. But somehow he wants to brag about that when in reality prices continue to go up. We're talking about, for example, the most recent port, uh, report had inflation at 3.7 percent. That was a 3.7% increase on top of the previous 9% increase. So we're talking about huge jumps in prices and that $709 that American families are paying per month, they're paying month after month after month after month after month. And right now, most Americans cannot afford a $400 unexpected expense. So when they're losing $700 a month, that's going into debt. That's hurting their savings. That's depleting those savings. That's forcing people to really take desperate measures like take an emergency withdrawal from the 401k. It's having huge effects on the American people. And for him to go out there and claim his policies are working shows he either doesn't care or he, he just doesn't know. And either of those, neither of those options is acceptable. Tommy, before we let you go here, do us a favor. Tell your higher ups over at the RNC, whether that's Rana, whoever it is, we need one of these debates to happen at Eagle Pass, Texas. So that way we're at least guaranteed the media will take one look at what's happening at the border. Will you pass that message along for us? I will. I will. I mean, our, our chair has gone down to the border herself. We encourage everyone to go. And we'd also like Joe Biden to go for more than just a photo off. Sure, like, yeah. For like maybe an hour or two. So Maybe the uh, borders are Kamala could go, too, while she's at it. If she could fit it in her yeah. schedule, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd think that would be in her job description, but I think she doesn't know she's borders are. I mean, that's the only explanation I can have. Uh, it really is a you know, complete failure from her. Tommy Pickett, RNC Rapid Response Director. Check out some of his work at RNC Research. Tommy, we'll do it again next Friday. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com 
and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Stop looking at me, Swan! And now, time to play Adam Schiff! I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy <laughs> in plain sight. For Adam Sandler! Because this guy is better! I leave the hair silky and smooth! Adam Schiff for Adam Sandler on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Magic Mike. Mike was caller number nine. Mike, how are you? Big Mike. I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Man, I'm awesome. It's Beer Sample Friday. Got good weather going on. Are you a Sandler fan, Mike? Oh, yeah. Love to hear that. All right. So you get three out of five correct, and we're going to give you two tickets to go see the Sandman at Gamebridge, okay? Okay. So I'm going to give you a fact. It will either be a fact about Adam Schiff, the representative of California, or Adam Sandler. Number one, along with Jerry Nadler, was accused of lying on purpose about Russian collusion by Donald Trump. <laughs> Adam Schiff or Adam Sandler? That was a Schiffler. That is Adam Schiffler. Schiff, the Schiffler. Do we have that audio, Allison? And when you see little Adam Schiff go out and lie and lie and stand at the mic, act like he's so serious, and then he goes into a room with Nadler, and they must laugh their asses off. <laughs> Number two, Adam Schiff or Adam Sandler, because he lied so much, was called Jesse Smollett on steroids by Donald Trump Jr. Uh, Adam Schiff for brain. There we Adam go. Schiff has never been afraid of a microphone. He's never met a camera he didn't love. And frankly, he's never met a camera he didn't lie to. Adam Schiff is basically the Jussie Smollett of Congress on steroids. <laughs> All right, here we go, Mike. Get this one correct. We're going to have a party. We're going to celebrate. And I'm going to give you two tickets. Adam Schiff or Adam Sandler has a golfing rival named Shooter McGavin. <laughs> the Sandman. Yeah! Yes! Mike, you got two tickets to go see Adam Sandler. Gamebridge Fieldhouse, Wednesday, November 15th. Tickets on sale now. Stay on the line and Allison will take care of you, okay? Yeah, you guys rock. Right Thanks, on. Brother. Love to hear that. Thank you, Mike. Do not go anywhere. Coming up next, an update on the UAW strike. We got a senator indicted. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it. Uh, auto union strike update. Indiana, not among the 20 states where strikes against the automakers are taking place, Hammer. Strikes against the automakers spread to 38 locations, 20 states, another 5,600 additional workers joined the strike. That's on top of the 13,000 uh, members already on strike. It started a week ago. So I guess if there's any silver lining here, it's that as of right now, Indiana is not affected. So those plants in Kokomo and other locations, they're okay, but this is for right now. But there have been layoffs in other states, and they fear that layoffs might be coming to Kokomo and some of those other places you mentioned. There's a clip that the newsroom played earlier of a guy that owns a barber shop in Kokomo whose wife works at the plant there. And it's like, look, man, if people start getting laid off here, that affects other businesses around Kokomo because people aren't spending as much money. And the, just the ancillary, the ripple effect of these strikes and the possible layoffs that could come along with the strikes are very significant. In many ways, it's kind of similar to what happened during the COVID lockdowns. 
right? Like here in Indianapolis, you had Boss Hawk set say, listen, lock it down. Don't open your business or whatever. And then when things slowly started to come back, there were some companies like Salesforce, for example, that has a big, huge tower here that said our employees will continue to work from home. Okay, that's great. Good for you. But that affects all the restaurants and diners and barber shops around Indianapolis. People who thrive on that lunchtime crowd or the people downtown for meetings. There is a ripple effect of big decisions like this. Are we getting any closer here? I I mean, I guess Ford maybe. Ford uh, was spared additional strikes from what I've been able to understand. GM and Stellantis, they still are like, blank me, blank you. But Ford, uh, the Farley kid, Chris Farley's cousin, who's the CEO of Ford, has basically said, listen, I'll talk to you. I want to have you guys talk to me in return. So as of right now, Ford has been spared additional strikes. I have. I I don't know if you saw this in the Detroit news. They got a hold of some leaked messages from an aide to UAW leader Sean Fain talking about the union strategy in terms of negotiation. These private messages were confirmed by the Detroit News. Uh, I'm just going to read just a little bit here. A close aide to Fain writes that union negotiators are using bargaining sessions to inflict, quote, recurring reputation damage and operational chaos. Quote, if we can keep them wounded for months... They don't know what to do. The beauty is we've laid it all out in the public, and they're still helpless to stop it. So does that sound like something? If these leaks are legit, which they the news said, they, does that sound like the unions are ready just to come to the table and uh, snap their fingers? All right, let's make a deal. No, it sounds like, to me, uh, they want chaos. They want... Um, and they don't have any intention of resolving this quickly, according to these leaked messages. And that's why I think they've been losing the public opinion battle. Because when you have these big labor disputes, you want the public on your side. You want to stick it to big business. The man is keeping us down. But when you're demanding a 40% pay raise, a four-day work week, and now you've got leaked text messages saying chaos is really what you're looking for, there's not a lot of folks that want to jump on board and say, damn right. Because let's be honest, we talked about this earlier in the week. There are a lot of jobs, a lot of professions that would love to just have a four-day work week, let alone a 40% pay raise on top of that. Do you think ambulance drivers, uh, dispatchers, air traffic controllers, police officers wouldn't love to have a four-day work week? Interesting you mentioned what you just said in terms of polling and the public perception. Because the UAW guy, Sean Fain, he's the United Automobile Workers president, asked Joe Biden to come join the picket line. And you would think, wow, that's right down Joe Biden's alley. That's, you know, six-pack Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Biden, the, the working man, and the, the, Joe, Joe Biden, the union guy. So far, he hasn't responded or hasn't wanted to get involved. And Does he know there's a strike? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think polling plays a big part in that. There's something in the White House uh, that's they see something in the polls that says, well, man, man, this might not be a popular thing for you to do. When in reality, in the past, it's been right down Joe Biden's alley. You know, the working man, Joe Biden. Right. Say what you want about Fetterman, and we will 
talk about Fetterman because he's a lunatic and he doesn't deserve to be where he's at right now because he's not well. But hell, at least he was there. That's on brand for a guy like Fetterman. You're supposed to be the blue-collar working person. Well, isn't that what Joe Biden kind of campaigned on? Like, he would go stump to stump during the 2020 election, and he would challenge people to push-up contests, call yeah. people fat. Like, that was kind of his deal. Look fat. <laughs> he was all fighting Joe Biden. And now, I'm serious when I say this. I'm not sure he knows what's going on. And that's a problem because, you know, he's the president of the United States. It's a problem. Allison, hit me with some illegal stuff. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. Breaking the law. So, Democrat New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez indicted on bribery charges. For the second time. Yeah, this is the first time this has happened. In 10 years. Uh, This is a little bit from the Menendez indictment. Menendez provided sensitive U.S. government information and took other steps that secretly aided the government of Egypt. Here's a little bit more from the indictment. Quote, over $480,000 in cash much of it stuffed into envelopes and hidden in clothing, closets, and a safe was discovered in his home. So to sum it all up here, if you got your indictment checklist here, he was taking bribes from three businessmen, including cash, gold, mortgage payments, a luxury vehicle, and he also aided the government of Egypt. Yeah, you remember he? I mean, he he was uh, charged with similar crimes previously, but the um, the case was dropped because of a hung jury a few years ago, and now <laughs> that's straight up. I mean, mafioso type stuff. He's he's hiding cash and under the mattress and gold payments. You know, home mortgages. Wow. I need you to do that's me a favor. Stuff. That's... Do you see that tinfoil hat that's right next sure, to you? Sure, yeah, yeah, Will you yeah. throw that over to me, please? Uh, Let me uh, put this tinfoil oh, hat on. I find the timing of this very suspect, because in the same week where Merrick Garland was basically depanced in front of Congress for being soft on Hunter Biden, soft on the crime that the Democrats have clearly committed, but they haven't proved anything yet— It seems a little odd to me that all of a sudden now they're going to say, look, we got a Democrat. We got Menendez. See, there's no bias in the Justice Department just because it took us so ridiculously long to get an indictment on Hunter Biden. And just because Joe Biden, the big guy, has been able to skate on all this stuff, (laughs) all the money laundering, the grandkids getting money from China, and everything in between, see, look, we're not a biased Department of Justice. Tinfoil hat, I'm not buying it, Nige. Hey, real quick, before we hit a break here, uh, you're watching the Colts game Sunday, right? Yeah, of course. Get ready for Minshew mania, my friend. Well, he didn't do too bad uh, last Sunday. Anthony Richardson ruled out concussion protocol and center Ryan Kelly also ruled out concussion protocol. Uh, Line? 
Ravens minus eight and a half. Wow. That was seven and then seven and a half earlier in the week. But now with the chance of some rain coming in and the Colts without their starting quarterback for sure, that line is ballooned up to minus eight and a half. I would take a look at the under. I think the under could be a play okay. in this game. And if you want to bet that, do it right now, because I think a lot of people will feel the same. And that's how these point spreads are based. So if you want the under in the Colts game, you heard Tara Hastings earlier. There could be some rain in that game. Jump on it now because you might not get the same number by Sunday. Nigel presents is it depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Yeah, hammer, how do we blaze? Is anything? I am going to run a couple different stories by you. You, Big Nige, you're going to be the judge. You're going to give us the verdict. Is the story in question anything or not? All right. Is this anything? This chick on social media is telling her story about an unusual date she had recently. She wasn't the only one that the guy had arriving at the date. (laughs) Here's Megan. I met this guy on a dating app. They bring us to our table and they seat us at this four top, which honestly isn't that weird if you think about it. We're really only sitting there for like maybe two minutes before this girl walks up. So all the girls are just introducing each other. He'd scheduled this date at the same time with all three of us to meet at this place. He was trying to speed up his process of finding the perfect three-way. <laughs> yeah, that's something. I mean, that's a that's a lesson. I mean, what's the saying? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Right. So he lined up three different dates, but had them all show up together at the same time, and or at least a couple d- girls, and and proposed the three way. That's that was the idea. The goal was to have a three way. Okay. Yes. Now look, uh, he. Uh, the story, by the way, all, all all the chicks left. They figured out what was going on. They assumed the others already knew who this guy was. They were wrong. So everybody left. It didn't work. And I, I couldn't imagine, even in this day and age, where anything like that would have any chance of working. But as I said, you got to take your shot, man. What if I told you I know someone or know of someone who's tried this strategy and had it succeed? There was a story. I didn't think Rob Kendall was like that. (laughs) Not Rob Kendall. There was a story in the New York Post that NBA star Kevin Durant went on a date with someone, invited them there, but also called a porn star to show up as the backup in case the date didn't work out. So his goal wasn't a three-way. It was, I'm going to be happy at the end of the night, and if this date doesn't work, I've got the sure thing over here. I mean, baller move for sure, but that's again an NBA star worth hundreds, you know, with a hundred million dollars. One of the biggest stars in the league, right. So that's different than some random dude trying to get a three-way. Yeah, of course. Kevin Durant has a porn star in a glass case. In case of emergency, break the case, and you can still go home a happy man. By the way, I, I, we forgot to talk about it because I was gone. I was sick out of my mind on, on Monday. But did you? how about that picture of uh, me and my neighbors and... Uh, 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 Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson, yeah, at the Mexican restaurant on You Sunday. ran into Lance at a restaurant dude, and did a shot with him. Not, uh, not with him, no. We sent him over a, a shot. 
that. I didn't do okay. it. We just had our picture taken with it. We bugged the hell out of it. We caused a scene at first, like, because our wives were making fun of me and my my neighbor, Scott, like, because we were awestruck. I, and it's Lance Stevenson. He's right up there with Reggie Miller and some of the other Pacer greats because he's a fan favorite. Right. He's not intimidated. He's taken on, you know, the, the, who's that a-hole from the, the Golden uh, uh, State Nugget, uh, uh, the Golden State Warriors? Uh, oh, there's uh, Draymond uh, Green. Draymond Green. He's got a fight with him. He's, he's not intimidated by LeBron. Then he went to the Lakers and played LeBron, came back to the Pacers. Everybody loves, like, and me and Scott were like, just, oh my gosh, I wonder if we get a picture of Tate. And our wives were making fun of us. So they <laughs> kind of caused a commotion. And then we sent him over a $90 shot of tequila. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Because you're right. Like, like when I, you think I, about I, fan favorites, we're not saying how good uh, they know, were, yeah. but like Reggie, Rick Smith, those Pacers of the 90s. But in terms of crowd reaction, Lance Stevenson is in the conversation. I, I would have gotten the same way with, you know, maybe if it was Ron Artest or somebody like that. Ron Artest would have beat the hell out of you. <laughs> he would have shoved my head in a bucket of guacamole there at the uh, El Verde. What I love, and, like, if you've listened to this show long enough, you've heard the story of how you and your wife went on vacation somewhere and one of those real housewives walked by. Oh, yeah. And your wife was like, oh, my God freaking oh, out oh, like yeah. like it was Jennifer Aniston or somebody. Oh yeah, those uh, it was the chick with the fake leg. <laughs> right, right. That threw the leg at somebody at a dinner party. She took off her leg and said uh, it just, you know, got really drunk and pissed off and Lindsay couldn't believe it. She was looking at her like she was Sandra Bullock. That's how those reality show stars are viewed by modern day women now that watch those shows. They're probably saying the same thing about you. I can't believe he's so excited about a sixth man on a team that didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> my wife, my wife and my neighbor's <laughs> wife. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then we tried not to try to be casual about it, and then, but we, okay, no, 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 the lighting's wrong here. We got to turn it around. We've got to face the direct opposite. Okay, no, 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 Lindsay, oh, you no. get in here too. <laughs> Lindsay, you get in here too. And then we finally had the waiter. Come, well, no, can we have the waiter come over? And the entire restaurant's looking at us, <laughs> like a couple. I don't care as a fanboy. It was really cool to meet him. And you that mentioned nice fan thing. favorite, and the day you sent me that text message, I was out at the park watching my youngest son skateboard. You know, he does skateboarding stuff well, that's there. That's right. It he is. had just an old, like, faded Lance Stevenson yeah, t-shirt on. he was on. wearing a jersey. Sure. Right. The jersey t-shirt of Lance Stevenson. Is uh, this anything? A hefty... Hefty price to send an <laughs> NBA player a $90 shot. You know what the next level of price was to send him a shot? What was $300 oh, a shot? Yeah, Lance needs to be buying those for you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Is this anything? A guy who calls himself Mr. Daddy 63 <laughs> shared his five things that women should not be doing on social media. Okay. This is the stuff that a man should be doing for his uh, lady, not the things that ladies should be doing. Uh, his name again, please, on social media? Mr. Daddy 63. <laughs> I don't care how low the gas get. She will not be pumping no gas. Not today. Two. Take that whip to the car wash. It take all the five minutes now with these new machines they got. And you get the vacuum clean for free. Three, don't care how modern that car is. Get up under that hood. Check them fluids. If that car need to go to the shop, don't let your lady take her car to the shop. Man loves to see a woman coming when they're bringing their car to the shop. <laughs> and if you ain't got no man, let your brother take it. Four, try to open the door for that lady and let her get in the car. 
Yeah. A woman should not go a day without knowing that you love her. Yeah. If you ain't got no one to love you, love yourself. Just go buy a card. But be careful. When you give a woman a card, oh, they turn it over to the back and they're going to see how much you paid for that card. So quit being cheap. <laughs> and then just leave it in the car with a little teddy bear or something. She should always know you love her. I love Mr. Daddy 63. Here, let's go down the list here real quick. I like when I'm with the wife and she's driving. Um, I and we pull in the gas station. I'm I'm the one to get out and pump the gas. Same, always, always same. Do that. Uh, my wife actually enjoys taking her car to car the car wash. She likes going to Prime there on in, in Carmel on on four twenty one. She likes doing that. I'm and, usually the uh, car wash guy. But, but, but they at Prime they they wash it and then they kind of. They do sort of like a, a quick detail of the inside, too. You know, they clean it out and vacuum it. So she likes doing that. I will disagree with him about letting your wife take the car to the shop. And here's why. Before our trip to Wisconsin, our summer vacation to Wisconsin, her van uh, was in bad shape and needed to be looked at. We didn't know it. And she tried to get in the dealership. And I'm like, yeah, we can't see you for like two weeks. Uh, you could maybe try to just drop it off tonight and see what happens. But uh, so what she, she she put on full female. She went into full female mode. Nice. And showed up there. I had to follow her there that morning with my truck, and she dropped it off. She's like, "Hi, um, I'm so I'm so sorry. I need your help so bad. We're getting ready to go to Wisconsin." This and she wore a tank top uh, for some yeah, reason. Exactly. <laughs> she really turned on the female vibe. She had and, Daisy Dukes in a tank top on. <laughs> uh, and, and she really, she was like, "Oh, I'm so helpless. I just I need your help so bad." And and they turned around and and credit to the the Chrysler dealership. They they got to turn around in a day. We picked Did she it up pull the the old, I dropped my pen trick. <laughs> oh, I dropped my pen. The old bend so, and snap. I will disagree with taking it to the shop because she got crap done. And <laughs> when they told her they weren't available to do anything within two weeks, it was great. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is here. Hello. We got Allison here. It feels like there's somebody missing. Oh, I know who it is. It's wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. Shooting in that savage of pressure. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> I still can't believe that the leader of the free world spoke at a major event. And said, I'm going to go to bed. On and, foreign soil. And no people less. are fine with it. Like, that's a big story, and people are fine with it. You mentioned this a little bit earlier, Nige. Joe Biden speaking at the annual Congressional Hispanic Caucus Conference. So yes. I want to play a soundbite here for you. I think this is important, because this really shows... One, that the national media and the White House has been lying to you for the better portion of two and a half years that the border is not open. And two, did Joe Biden say the quiet part out loud? First, we put in place policies 
that process people in a fair and fast way. Second, we're significantly expanding legal pathways for entry so businesses can get the workers they need. Families don't have to wait for a decade to be together. I've also directed my team to make historic increase in the number of refugees admitted from Latin America. So I'm old enough to remember CNN, MSNBC, and Corinne Jean-Pierre <laughs> telling us that the border is not open. But I just heard Joe Biden with my own ears say, quote, we're significantly, significantly expanding legal pathway to entry, and I've also directed my team to make historic increases in the number of refugees from Latin America. And when you say legal pathways, he's talking about that app where you can claim asylum, even if the asylum claim is not legitimate. The people coming in from Venezuela saying, look, uh, you know, our government sucks. There's not a lot of work there. These economic, you know, it's all the economy. That's why we're coming to America. That's not a legitimate claim for asylum. It's being persecuted for your race, your gender, stuff like that. Uh, these people that are coming across from Latin America, what refugees from Latin America? They don't have a legitimate claim for asylum. So you understand that that uh, the borders are. Kamala Harris is, is famous for saying, look, uh, don't come. We don't want you to come, but if you do come, you know, if you manage to make it, we're going to put you up in hotels and we're going to give you, <laughs> you know, we just gave half a million uh, Venezuelans, uh, 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 you know, licenses to work in this country and you're going to get all this stuff, but don't come. That's what the border czar says. And then Joe Biden is saying it out loud at the Hispanic uh, caucus conference saying, yeah, we're going to make historic increases in the number of refugees from Latin America. And by historic, they mean 472,000 Venezuelans being given the work visa. So you're going to tell me that 472,000 folks that have made the pilgrimage from Venezuela have all passed their criteria to be a United States citizen. That's what the argument is with me right now. I don't know what it means to be a United States citizen. I mean, we're residents of the country hammer but are we what does it mean to be a citizen if if, if people that have been here uh, there are people that have been here since the the late 90s after the hurricane and uh, like from honduras that are, keep getting extensions on on their stay here and so so these people from venezuela these people that are coming they're here to stay i want everybody to make sure they understand right now they're not going anywhere anytime soon and the, their their claims of asylum are illegitimate. Look at how this administration is bending over backwards to make sure these folks have jobs, whether it's in a sweatshop or not. You know, we've heard from Josh Hawley about some of the working conditions that these migrants, these illegal migrants are working in, whether it's a sweatshop or not. Look how hard the White House is making sure they have jobs Yet we have veterans that are in the streets begging for change, begging for money, begging for food. I would love to see a president, Republican or Democrat, treat our veterans the way we treat folks coming in across the border illegally. Uh, check out the story, uh, uh, the story of the uh, Morristown family from Germany. Okay, Morristown, Tennessee. Uh, um, this is uh, this is it from Tennessee or Pennsylvania? Yeah. I think it's Tennessee. Um, they, th a family of seven moved from 
um, Germany to Morristown, Tennessee, 15 years ago because of what they called religious prosecution in Germany. They wanted to homeschool their kids in Germany, and Germany said, no, we've banned homeschooling. You can't do it. So they claimed asylum, came over here, and the Obama administration, of course, fought them tooth and nail. This is not a legitimate claim of asylum. You need to move back. Ultimately, they were allowed to stay. Now the Biden administration has turned around. for fifth, After 15 years, this family of seven who have been living and working and, uh, and, and homeschooling like they're allowed to do in America but not in Germany, Biden administration has told them, get ready, pack your bags, you're being deported. Meanwhile, 500,000 Venezuelans have just been told, hey, you're cool. Everything's good. Look up that story of uh, the uh, R O M E I K E family, Romeke family. It is it, it it's infuriating and devastating and very sad and indicative of the the day and age and time we live in in this country. Meanwhile, at Eagle Pass, Texas, they're having a full on invasion. Here's their mayor. First of all, this is definitely a very serious situation for the city of Eagle Pass. We're a city of about 28 to 30,000 people, and the last couple days we've had in excess of 5,000 people cross from Piedras Negras, Mexico, into Eagle Pass, Texas. It's become a big concern for the community. A lot of people are frustrated. A lot of these people are being uh, let loose in the community, walking around, and it's just a big concern for the city of Eagle Pass. Not not only safety-wise, but but also our local economy is taking a hit because because of this crisis we've had to shut down bridge number one our international bridge with so many millions of dollars flow through this bridge we depend on the tolls of the people that pay those bridge tolls and it's just an emergency situation that is why as mayor for the city of Eagle Pass I decided to declare a state of emergency for our city because we've never seen this before this is not normal and we shouldn't have to be going through a situation like this the united states democrat mayor by the way right yeah that's a democrat you're listening to the hammer and nigel show hey hammer told me it advised me actually last sunday was when i was going to make another ridiculous parlay in the colts he's like leave <laughs> i remember you texted me he said leave enough money in your account for the notre dame ohio state game uh, this uh, this Saturday night, right? South Bend's going to be rocking, man. College game day is in South Bend. I think Vince Vaughn is the celebrity guest picker. No kidding? For the, uh, the game. And uh, Ohio State at Notre Dame. I have got a pick on this game. So if you want to go to WIBC.com or go to the Hammer and Nigel Show, Facebook and Twitter, I've got all my bets for this week okay. in one article. I went 4-0. and in college football last week. Did very well. Four and one as a whole on the weekend. So I've got this pick and some others. Uh, my friend Scott Long, he's got some plays. And the two professionals that we work with who are awesome, uh, we've got David Stefanoff of followneverfade.com and Alan Cashman of thecashmanwins.com. Free picks for you on our social media and WIBC.com. But when you think about Ohio State, their nickname, the Buckeyes. If you've ever wondered how they came up with their name, name yeah. the Buckeyes. Here's a little inside baseball for you. All right, welcome to Ohio State. We're going to choose our mascot. Any ideas? Uh, Something cool uh, about Ohio? Uh, Anyone? Uh, okay, wait. What is Michigan going with? Wolverines. Dang, that's cool. 
<laughs> we need something fierce like that. Yeah, something that strikes fear into our opponents. How about a nut? Come again? A Buckeye nut. Is that even a real thing? Yeah, it's like a little nut. It comes from a tree in Ohio, I think. A nut. So we'll be the Ohio State nuts. Wait, can you eat a Buckeye nut? Oh, yeah. Uh, it says here it's poisonous. Never mind. But it can be used for relieving constipation and for the treatment of hemorrhoids. Oh. Uh, we'll probably need some Buckeyes after the Michigan game. And the Buckeye leaf looks kind of like a marijuana plant. Oh, that's perfect for our players. <laughs> so what does the mascot look like? But just uh, like a giant nuthead dressed like Where's Waldo. Okay. Oh, I think we've made a solid choice here. Oh, man. There it is. My neighbor Jim goes to all these games uh, on the road and away, uh, when they're at home, and he's not going to like that too much. I, by the way, Vince Vaughn is a great guest picker, by the way, right? He's in the original Rudy. Right, right. He was uh, the running back that had basically crapped away his career. Yeah. You know, he pops up at the end. What does he say? This a-hole thinks it's a Super Bowl or something like that. Right. right. And I think he's credited as Vincent Vaughn. Vincent Vaughn. Vincent okay. Vaughn. Uh, so that's a big game. There's a bunch of big college football games, but none bigger than the Degenerate Special. It's time for Hammer's Degenerate Special. Look, oh boy. anybody can bet on Ohio State at Notre Dame or Florida State at Clemson, sure. you know, Iowa at Penn State. But the money you can win with New Mexico at UMass spends the exact same. So New Mexico at Massachusetts, <laughs> UMass, the Fighting Minutemen, they are three and a half point favorites at home. Let's break this down. UMass went on the road to Auburn earlier this year, and for two quarters, they really competed. All right, all right, all right. Then they were bone blown completely out. Uh, but they <laughs> at least have gotten a taste of a big-time game, a big-time environment. Now, New Mexico and UMass, they have played the same opponent. UMass beat New Mexico State in the opener on the road 41-30. to Meanwhile, New Mexico lost at home last week to New Mexico State as a two and a half point favorite, <laughs> 27 to 17. This was the New Mexico coach after they choked at home last week. You just got your asses whipped <laughs> by a bunch of damn <laughs> nerds. Nerds! <laughs> so they have a common opponent. Now, keep this in mind yeah. both of these teams just stink defensively. You suck, and jackass. And, and, and that's why uh, this is the degenerate special, right? Because right. we're betting on teams that are horrible. No one cares about this right. game. The players don't care. Their parents don't care. But the money is real. And the money you can win on this game spends the same. UMass, they've lost 36 of their last 39 games. But <laughs> wow. five of their last six September home games have gone over the point total. So, what does this tell us? This tells us that UMass puts up points at home. They just can't stop anybody. Meanwhile, New Mexico has failed to cover the spread in nine of their last ten games. They are nothing but losers. <laughs> this tells us they can't score. So, if you do all the math here, Nige, okay. put it in the blender yes. and pour it out, here's what we're ready to do. Take a chance on UMass at home 
putting up just enough points to beat a god-awful New Mexico team. Lay the three and a half. UMass is your degenerate special for this week. You are t- truly at the bottom of the barrel here. I, uh, you might have something wrong with you. Where can people get the, the, the Notre Dame pick, the Ohio State Notre Dame pick, and everything else? You can go to WIBC.com, the Hammer and Nigel Show section. Also, on our Facebook and Twitter, we put these out there for free. I'm not a professional, but I kind of know what I'm doing. Same with Scott Long. And we work with two professionals who do this for a living. So, if you want the picks, they're there. If you win, we don't expect to thank you. If you lose, we don't want to hear any crap. (laughs) Let's have a good weekend, kids. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there, also special in-studio guest, attorney at law, and host here at 93 WIBC, Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. Abdul, how are you? Don't know how special I am, but I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take the compliments wherever I can get them, my friend. Well, you ran for the uh, the GOP primary for mayor's race here in Indy. Jefferson Sharif ultimately came out the winner, so now it's uh, the Republican candidate Sharif against uh, the Democrat Hogsett. How do you see this playing out? What is your prediction for who is who will win this race? Um, I would say technically right now the odds favor Hogshead simply because he's incumbent and it's a Democratic county. But uh, as we found in the past, uh, anything can happen. And a day in politics is like a lifetime. And we've got uh, six weeks before Election Day, give or take. Uh, but actually, uh, only two weeks before early voting begins. Early voting starts on October 11th. So uh, I expect it to get uh, a lot more... Uh, let's say hand-to-hand, Mortal Kombat, finish him, but by the time it's all said and done. we got a debate around the corner oh, yeah. between these two. Wish TV is doing a debate between Shreve and Hogsett. Wish TV is doing a debate. Uh, Channel uh, Fox 9 is doing a debate. Uh, also, uh, they're having a debate on October 8th uh, by my friends at uh, Crossroads Public Affairs are putting that together. And I want to say they're having like one more with like the Historical Preservation Agency. So, you are friends with a lot more of these butt sniffers than I am, Abdul. <laughs> Do you think any of these folks are going to ask Joe Hogsett on the debate stage, where were you? There are questions about your whereabouts. Can you definitively answer your location the night of the, the riots. And who was in charge. I would I would not be surprised if that question comes up uh, either by, 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 by a debate moderator or uh, by Jefferson Shreve. Talk right. about public safety. Talk about uh, the George Floyd riots. See, that's um, the thing. Shreve needs to bring it up himself. Because I know Wish TV has asked Joe that in the past. I think it was Alexis yeah. that asked him that. And he said he was at home. But on a debate where there's a lot more eyeballs, I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, because uh, I want to say uh, like I said, I, I don't know which moderator will uh, probably ask probably ask that question, but I would not be surprised if Jefferson manages to bring that up in in, in sort of a in sort of a, a Jeopardy type way. Like I will be public safety, for example, we won't have riots in street. And by the way, Mr. Mayor, where were you that night? You know, where were yeah. you with our police officers? Where were you when our businesses were being burned down? Well, Hogsett's camp though say, listen, we agree to do this debate. 
but you cannot ask this question. We've already answered it before. We're not going to participate if you ask this question. Well, then just then just don't bring it up, or don't don't bring it up prior to. Just bring it up during during the during the during the debate itself. Then what are you going to do? Walk off stage on television? Right, right. <laughs> So. How much how much damage do you think overall, now that we've kind of had weeks and months to let the dust settle with this whole gun permit thing, um, with Jefferson Shreve's campaign and constitutional carry, did it do damage to his campaign, do you think? I, I irreparable? Think it, I, I, I won't say irreparable, because unless you're my wife, you can't be mad forever. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. So, so Every dude listening right now is like, that's a damn good answer. Unless it's our spouses, you, you can't be mad forever. Um, I do think, like I said, you know, eventually people sort of calmed down a little bit uh but i do think it I, I don't think it helped and we actually interviewed jefferson shreve earlier this week we're going to play that on the weekend show and i asked him about that like hey you know you know your gun proposal it ticked off a lot of your base you know how how are those relationships he says he's still working to to, to, to heal things but he reminded folks that hey if you if you if you disagree with me on 20 percent of the issues that means you probably agree with me 80 percent of the issues so well no because he sides with hogshead on the other stuff i mean his whole campaign that he rolled out abdul was yeah i agree with him on this i agree with him on that that was like the first three or four months of the campaign so like i said it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens and by the way uh we're going to start polling uh, i want to say tomorrow uh, me and my friends at ARW Strategies, uh, we're going to start pulling the mayor's race. Uh, and we'll probably start uh, we'll, we start pulling Saturday, Sunday, Monday, get the results back Wednesday, then start releasing the results publicly uh, on October 2nd, October 3rd. Abdul, how does, how, does, how does it work? I've never been contacted for a poll before. Is it by uh, email? Is it via phone? Is it a combination of, of different things? Uh, they basically take a list of registered voters. Right. Uh, because that's how that's how they do it, and then they ask, uh, and, and it's a, it's 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 part art, it's part science. And by the way, polls are not a prediction of what's going to happen. It's merely a snapshot in time. So I remind people that, you know, every single time, it's, it's not a prediction. It's a snapshot of how people feel that that day. But if you get enough of the polls together, you can start seeing trends. So we need to keep that in mind. How many people are you polling? Uh, about four hundred, which is a good size sample for. And as voters in Marion County, yeah, yeah, Mar- men, women. Yeah, Marion County, men, women, African American, Latino, the, the whole nine. Republican, yard. Democrats, yeah. and yeah. is it a pretty even breakdown? Uh, we try to have a poll that's reflective of what the population looks like. Okay, so if Marion County is sixty percent registered Democrat, which I believe last time I checked that is the case. Will your polling be sixty percent? We, we try to get as close to what the what the what the what, the, what all the demographics look like, you know, politically, racially, you know, gender, the whole nine yards. So, so let's go back one year ago, and when Ryan Mears won his reelection against Cindy Carrasco, a lot of people thought Cindy Carrasco ran a pretty good campaign. Absolutely, she was funded well. Yep. We saw commercials, had a good positive message, didn't have any, you know, errors where she shot shot herself in the foot, and Ryan Mears beat her 60% to 40%, the breakdown of voters in Marion County. Compare that to what we're seeing right now. What's your gut telling you with Joe Hogsett and Jefferson Shreve? What I've what I've heard through the rumor mill, which which is also the reason why we're doing our polling this weekend, is that uh, the mayor's ahead anywhere from 8 to 12 points, give or take, which actually... Uh, for Shreve is actually relatively good news because it's not it's not going to be like the Jim Merritt blowout we saw four years ago, uh, and it's not going to be sort of the Ryan Muir 60, 41, 42 uh, percent. So from that perspective, uh, 
Shreve is actually doing 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 better than than previous. But then again, we got the last six weeks of the campaign to go. We got the debates coming up. People actually finally started to pay attention uh, to what matters. If you were running Jefferson Shreve's campaign, if he came to you and said, Abdul, we were competitors at one point, but now I need your help. What advice would you give me on how to finally end the run of Joe Hogsett? What would you tell him? I would say you got to got to. I would say it's kind of like being in court. You got your opening arguments, you got your evidence, and you got your closing arguments, and and you got to make you got to hit it really hard on the closing arguments which i would say i would just simply go like the old tv show eight is enough wow we're going back in the day yeah exactly we're, show. we're going to we're going dick van patten <laughs> and mark hamill was actually the the, the oldest son at the beginning of the show which showed really carbon date myself there uh, i would say eight <laughs> is enough and i would just say hey look are you tired of crime are you tired of broken roads are you tired of joe Hogsett? eight is enough and I would just, I would just hit that over and over. Eight and over. years being yeah. enough. I yeah. see what you're doing there. That's a great line. Is, yeah. is knocking on doors uh, in predominantly blue areas? Is that a strategy as well? I mean, it, getting it, the it, ground running. It is actually. It should have been doing this a while back. Which is sure. going because you, you got your. Well, actually, I would say, and if I was a nominee, I'd have my base already sewn up. So I'd be reaching for those independent, moderate, and thoughtful Democrat voters. Who are like, hey, are are you just tired? Are you want something new, something different? Are there enough of those to make a difference in this election? There are, but the question is, you got to reach them. And, and, and what the Hawks said people have done, I'll give them credit, they've, they've run up Jefferson's negatives. Uh, that they've done with some of the commercials that they've been running. But I think our I think our poll we put out this, uh, when we do it this weekend, will be the first and actually only independent poll of either Jefferson or Joe Hogsett. Just know this. If one of your pollsters reaches out to me, I'm writing your name in, Abdul. You're getting my vote for the mayor's race this year because I'll be damned if I vote for Joe Hogsett and the other guy doesn't want my vote. Well, what I, what I remind people is, while, while I'm extremely flattered, my friend, that, that I have your that I have your, your, your undying support, actually I get it from a lot of people, is once you lose in the primary, you cannot run again for that same office. Now, you can write my name in. I'm not asking for your approval. I'm telling you, it's happening. It's purely symbolic. Have you been talking about wife lately because <laughs> you sort of mentioned that exact same thing listen you're going to get the most right in votes in the history of the mayor's race in indianapolis i think i mean there'll be a nice little footnote on the wikipedia page <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on in the state of indiana i know we're gearing up for a big governor's race there's some senate races heating up uh john russ who's running for the who's uh, trying to get on the ballot in the u.s senate uh he's an egg farmer from jackson county uh millionaire uh has sued the state of indiana uh, under the primary rules, because under, under Indiana's primary, you can't be a candidate unless you vote in the last two previous primaries. He didn't, so they say, no, we're not going to let you on the ballot unless you get like the signature from your county chairman. The county chairwoman has said no, so he filed a lawsuit. And I actually think he may actually have a case. I was reading his lawsuit this morning. I'm going to do it this weekend. And I think he actually... I. Frankly, I think for primaries, we shouldn't have to pay for them at all because it's a political function. Why should taxpayers foot the bill? If you're a Democrat living in a Republican county, vice versa, you've got no one to vote for. So, right. so that, that brings up an issue. But I think Russ may actually have a point uh, in his lawsuit. So I'm going to go through that uh, and uh, post something up on IndyPolitics.org later this weekend. And in the, in the governor's race, uh, we spoke to Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch this weekend, earlier this week, going to play her interview this weekend, about her tax proposal, which would get rid of the state income tax. 
But the question is, that's eight to twelve billion dollars worth of revenue. How do you fill that hole? Because most of that money goes to schools and to Medicaid. Seems a little desperate. Seems a little desperate. That's almost like a hail mary. It feels like from her camp. Um, I wouldn't say hail mary, but I would say what's like two steps behind the hail mary? <laughs> right, just a long pass to the sideline. That's yeah. what we're talking about here. A big picture. Whose is it to lose? Is it is it bronze to lose? Um, I would say technically, Braun te- is theoretically the front runner only because number one, nobody's paying attention. Number two, he's a U.S. senator, so he's probably got the most name ID out of all, all the people running right now. And does the Democrat candidate McCormick have any snowball shot in hell yeah. of making a dent in this thing? Um, I would say probably. It depends on uh, how Donald Trump does in Indiana. If Donald Trump is a nominee, because that could sort of change everything. I think Donald Trump's going to win Indiana, Abdul. I think it's going to be a blowout. Um, if he's not in jail at the time. Yeah. I think even if he's going to win Indiana <laughs> in a blowout. Hey, I know we got to hit a break here, but I wanted to give you about a minute or so to reflect on the passing of Indiana State Senator Jack Sandlin. Uh, Jack Sandlin was a really good guy. Uh, represented the south side of Indianapolis, Perry Township, and a couple uh, a couple uh, portions of Johnson County. Uh, real good guy. Had a lot of respect for law enforcement and was not afraid Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Uh, Last night on Thursday Night Football Hammer, during the post-game show in San Francisco, for whatever reason, Andrew Luck, former Indianapolis Colts quarterback, made an appearance and he was dressed as a civil war captain that was a sort of a popular parody account on social media on twitter um and he had on like the full uniform i I, here let me just play a little bit of this post game show with andrew luck andrew luck is with us everybody Okay, are you? I don't exactly know what was happening there. There was that popular parody account on Twitter, Captain Andrew Luck, where he's a Civil War captain. I don't really, I haven't looked at that for a long time. Are you okay with Andrew Luck's appearance post game last night, Thursday Night Football? I'm not okay because I don't care. I just don't care. Uh, yeah, I didn't like, understand. The question that I have is, did he buy that authentic Civil War uniform with all of the money that Jim Ursay <laughs> gave him after he quit on his teammates? And yes, he quit on his teammates. I've been fortunate enough to have a few friends that played on that Colts team during that era. And even though they'll say the right thing to the TV cameras oh, yeah. off record. Yeah. And Nigel, we got some of the same friends. They've told us the same story. He quit on this team. Well, I mean, he was injured, right? The snowboarding accident. What are you supposed to do? 
but the timing. <laughs> like, we could do a whole three-hour, oh, four-hour show was... on this whole situation, but the timing. To leave your teammates high and dry after the final preseason uh, game? I was there at that preseason game when news started to spread, and he walked out the final time Andrew Luck walking out of the tunnels at Lucas Oil. He was uh, roundly booed. Like, if you want to retire, that's fine. I'm not mad at you. Maybe your body's broken. Maybe yeah. you just don't love the game. But you don't do it less than two weeks until opening day. <laughs> Such a D-bag move. I'm sorry. And if that makes oh, me a horrible person, man. that's fine. But uh, no, I stopped caring about Andrew Luck once he took Jim Ursay's money to quit. An armless man. Let me repeat that. An armless man and motivational speaker has thrown out the first pitch with his feet at 29 MLB stadiums. The most recent being Yankee Stadium. Here is Tom Willis talking about his journey and his quest to uh, throw out the first pitch at every Major League Baseball stadium. I took on this baseball challenge because it gives me the ability to be able to take my life and the lessons I've learned and share that with other people. You okay with this? Yes, I love this. Crazy. This is phenomenal. You know, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. So this guy, born without arms, right? He does not have arms. So what does he do? He decides, I'm going to learn to throw a baseball with my feet, and I'm going to do it in every Major League Baseball stadium. And he does a good job. Like, to put this in comparison, Stephen A. Smith walked out to Yankee Stadium (laughs) last night to throw the ceremonial first pitch, and he bounced it. He bounced it and was booed out of Yankee oh, Stadium. when I did it at the Indians game, I was uh, wide left in the dirt. It was awful. And this guy with no arms is throwing strikes right. down the middle. Dr. Fauci threw it like <laughs> toward, toward the first base dugout. Yeah. And this guy's got feet, and he's doing a better job. So, yes, this is something. I think this is awesome. I'm okay with this. Last week, CBS began airing Yellowstone from the beginning. Now, they diluted it. It's like watered-down versions because the episodes because they are on uh, public broadcast television, right? right? Are you okay with Yellowstone? They're starting it from the beginning, replaying everything, but with like the censored version. Yes, I love this because it's hilarious. <laughs> I understand why they're doing it. The writer strike is happening. They need some programming. Hell, Yellowstone was popular. Just put that on. But they're going to have to water it down. They're almost going to have to make it. Mellowstone. Here's the promo. This weekend, (laughs) Yellowstone returns to CBS. But without the cursing, violence, nudity, or any questionable content, we'll fill that time with more commercials. Each episode, 10 minutes. (laughs) It's going from a TV mature rating to TV 14 rating. Mellowstone. Sunday nights on CBS. Or I mean, you could just bone up the eleven ninety nine a month and see the originals, you cheapskate. <laughs> Mellowstone. Huh? I totally get what CBS is doing. Hey, just dip into the archives. Yeah. If we own the rights, put it on. And I love when these hardcore shows and movies have to be edited for television. Right. Which brings us to great moments <laughs> in edited for TV history. Nigel, I think you'll appreciate this one. When the Big Lebowski airs on traditional television. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? <laughs> what? Find a stranger in the Alps. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? <laughs> that is that is certainly not what Walter says in the original version of that movie. This is not the original line in Scarface, but 
This is what it sounds like on regular TV. These sound like a great big chicken just waiting to be plucked. <laughs> a great big chicken okay. waiting to be plucked. And this is my favorite of all time. Great moments and edited for TV history. Ladies and gentlemen, snakes on a plane. Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Everybody strap in. Monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Great moments and edited for TV history. Okay. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Hammer's right over there. Eagle Pass, Texas seems to be the epicenter of the worst of the illegal immigration right now. News breaking earlier this week that thousands of illegal immigrants are just strolling across the border. Of course, Breitbart was the first to report this. And then, um, you know, followed by, of course, CNN is even down there now, Hammer, if that tells you That's anything. That's how bad it is. CNN's been forced to come. So, uh, Breitbart border reporter Randy Clark, he's been on the show before. Welcome back, Randy. You live in Eagle Pass. Um, tell us where this all started. You broke the news. What is going on now, and, and where did this all come from? Well, a lot of this came from the failure of our federal government to enforce the immigration law. But it originated on trains in Mexico. Uh, Eagle Pass is the second busiest rail yard uh, for importation in, in the state of Texas, second only to Laredo. And so a 1,000 cars come through. These folks came all the way from Mexico's southern border, and they about 10,000 of them arrived in a span of 72 to 80 hours. Wow. Uh, so it was a madhouse. Uh, I went into Mexico and uh, went down to the landings to watch one single group of 2,400 mostly Venezuelans hit the water almost at a full mad dash and cross in one big group. So they've overwhelmed the Border Patrol. The Border Patrol facilities are full. Uh, Non-government shelters are full. And there is nothing but a host of buses leaving to the interior of the United States to get these folks out of the border region as fast as possible. And they are going all over the country. So, Randy, um, we'll dig down into the weeds of this, of exactly where their journey originated and, and where they're going. But you are a a 32-year vet of the Border Patrol down there, and now you you cover the border for Breitbart, but what do you tell guys that are just starting out in your profession? I mean, have you ever seen anything like this before in the entirety of your career? Well, if, if you can believe it, I, I only retired three years ago, but I can't tell these young men and women out there anything because I haven't experienced anything. If you're not in the Border Patrol right now, you have never seen anything like this. And and these poor young men and women, that's all they know right now is this 
incredible humanitarian disaster that's going on, not just in Eagle Pass. We're, we're the hot spot this week. Mm-hmm. But this is happening from San Diego to Brownsville, Texas, and it just moves, and it has its own ebb and flow. <clears throat> Randy, what's the reaction from the locals down there when you turn on the television and you see Joe Biden giving Zelensky another you know, million-plus-dollar package and all of these things to help protect their border? But here in the United States, he's turning a blind eye to what's going on with our own border. What's the reaction from the locals down there? So I think most of them are very alarmed. Uh, We've been on, you know, this obviously they've been living on the border for years, so they're used to some level of illegal immigration. But these residents haven't experienced this either. They're they're waking up with dogs barking at night, folks in their backyards. Uh, You know, we're losing money on on our ports of entry being shut down here to legitimate trade and travel. Yes, that's that's really making folks angry too because they commute and live on both sides of the border. Uh, So the cost overall is really not being felt and revealed by the federal government. We are losing billions as this port of entries are, sh- are shut down. And what's, they are angry. What's the long game here, Randy? Why do you think this is happening? Well, when I first started doing border reporting, I thought these folks have no idea what they're doing, canceling some of the removal mechanisms that are keeping that border safe. Because you can build walls, you can bring soldiers, you can do whatever you want, but there's no policy behind that. No barrier is going to stop the thousands that get to the border every day. We're close to 10,000 every single day. So, you know, I think it's this is deliberate. Uh, I think they know what they're doing. Uh, you know, they just, on the same day this is happening, in Eagle Pass, the Secretary of DHS announced he's granted temporary protected status to some 472,000 Venezuelan nationals <laughs> that have entered recently up to July 31st. Yeah, That's and Randy, what kind of message? Office. What kind of message does that send to people that are still uh, to illegal immigrants that are thinking about coming up here? What's the message? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? It's very obvious, and what we forget is, you know, these folks are humans that communicate just as as well as we do. That message is already out of this hemisphere, and more and more are going to come, because we granted temporary protective status to Honduras after Hurricane Mitch in 1999. That status is still in effect today. So that is basic amnesty. Randy Clark is our guest. He is a reporter for Breitbart covering what's happening at the border. So, Randy, in terms of the sheer numbers, I think we've talked a lot about that. Can you go into a little bit more about the specifics of the humanitarian crisis? Like when we hear that phrase, what does that mean down there? Well, what that means is when these folks cross, they're at, they're at the end of the journey to get to the country. They've been through a jungle in Panama. They've been all the way through Mexico. They've stayed in shelters. They're in poor health. Uh, many of them need medical treatment. We have a hospital that's one hospital that services the community of 30,000. So that hospital is packed. If you want medical care in this town and you're a resident, you're going to be waiting for it. And you're going to get into overcrowded and packed facilities there. So the Border Patrol is stuck to deal with this. And so are local law enforcement and state law enforcement agencies. All of the ambulances are occupied with health-related emergencies. The citizens get in line for that. Uh, and so you have to feed those people. 
people. You've got 3,000 or 4,000 under an international bridge, and you've got to get them to a facility because you can't have them out there without food and water. So just the logistics of, of taking care of these folks, that's why Mexico's not stopping these trains. If you stop the train, you own the hot potato. You have to start feeding the 3,000 that were on one single train headed to the United States. Are these so, are these illegal immigrants meeting the requirements of uh, asylum? In other words, I think there's only you know a handful of required like qualifications you can use to say, hey, I, I need asylum for my country. Does Venezuela meet those requirements? Well, it's safe to say that 99% probably won't. I've interviewed them extensively. I talked to them out in the field. They're not even feigning or faking an asylum claim. When I asked them, why did you come to the United States? It is a resounding, because of the economy in Venezuela, the economic conditions, finding jobs, poverty, that's the immediate disqualifier for asylum. If you say that in a credible fear hearing, you are not getting asylum. But they're not faking that anymore. They realize that they're not going to send us home. And Mallorca's just sent that message, our DHS secretary, yesterday. He just sent that message. You don't have to worry about going home. Randy, this has been happening down there for a while, especially once Title 42 was repealed. We've seen what's been happening at the border. Are you seeing some of the problems that warranted the hearing on Capitol Hill recently, where Senator Josh Hawley was criticizing American businesses for picking up some of these illegal migrants, working them in ridiculous conditions, paying them crap, Sometimes putting young kids. children, yeah. yeah, young children in violent situations uh, like meat processing plants? Are you seeing any of that where you live? We don't see that here because these migrants don't want to stay in small border towns. Yeah. They want to go to where you guys are at. They want the Indianapolis. They want the New Yorks. They want the Chicago's. I mean, they're, they're big cities. They have a lot of opportunities and a lot of jobs there. Uh, but they're going to be taken advantage of. Anytime you have you know, that many people in a job market that are willing to work for substandard wages, you're going to have employers taking advantage of that. And even if they get the work authorization, it's going to be a long line to get it. The Venezuelans under this new temporary protected status, guess what? They're still going to get paid substandard wages. That employer is going to realize, I know you want a job bad enough that the, the American worker can't afford because he's paying rent. I'll, I'll give it to you at half price. Many of these folks are working already in New York City. I, I have one gentleman I talked to. He works for a nationally known cleaning company, and he's only been here since May, and he's paid cash under the table. So it's not going back into the local economy. It's Mayor Adams spending $12 billion over the next three years that he's not getting a return on. That's why they're so unhappy. I think we the one thing we haven't mentioned yet here, we're speaking with Breitbart border reporter uh, down at Eagle Pass, lives in Eagle Pass, Texas, the, kind of the hot spot right now. Uh, Randy Clark is, uh, we haven't mentioned the cartels and their role in this. I mean, their role um, pretty much starts at the very beginning of the journey for these people coming across the border, right? It does, and the amount of money that some of these migrants pay, not not mostly the Venezuelans right now, because we have we have now attracted the poorest of the poor in the world. 
but you, you just talk about mainland Chinese smuggling that, that's happening. The record numbers of Chinese nationals coming across the border. They're paying, I've heard, up to 50000 from Border Patrol Intelligence for the trip to the United States. Wow. And we're over 20000 that have entered since October. These Venezuelans coming right now, the cartel will find a way to get whatever they can. And, and I'll tell you what I observed at the landing uh, just the other day in Mexico. They, they tell all the migrants, they're armed with box cutters. They tell the migrants, your Mexican money will not work in the United States. So you have 2,400 people empty in pockets on the riverbank and leaving change and coins and what little they have. And one person's job is to pick that up. So the cartel will find a way. These are foot guides that live along the river and they control the landings. So it's, it's extortion and extraction from the day they leave their homes. And that's really what people need to understand is we're, we're creating this crisis. We've induced this, and it's not very humane to these people. There have been two deaths this week. One was a three-year-old child. Mm. Uh, and that's taxing on the Border Patrol because they have to retrieve these bodies with their own two hands. Yeah. Uh, it, there's nothing humane about it, but the time to start your border policy is before they leave their home. You can't do it once you have three. 3,000 or 5,000 on a train at the U.S.-Mexico border. Yeah, and the border policy, uh, we got about 30 seconds left, Randy. I mean, it was, was Trump's remain in Mexico policy one of the most effective that, that you think that, that, that Biden did away with? It was one of them, but he did away with so many. Yes. There, we had so many mechanisms when I was in the border patrol to remove, and that, that's what would have happened to the Venezuelans this week. They would have been returned to Mexico, and Mexico knew it. They would have not let them come in through the Guatemalan border. Well, Randy, thank you so much for your uh, service on the border for 32 years and your reporting at Breitbart. Go to Breitbart.com for the very latest. Randy Clark, have a, uh, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you all. Have a wonderful day. Right now. Hammer and Nigel present. Uh, beer sample. Fry. Yeah. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. All right, brought to you by our fine friends at Thompson Furniture and Mattress oh, yeah. in Columbus. Love those guys. Got done with my uh, Exercise Inc. training session today. There's a liquor store right down the street afterwards. Hammer. I don't know why I bought this a local brewery. We are all familiar with Three Floyds, right? Correct. But Munster, here is what uh, I chose here. We have got <laughs> Three Floyds Zombie Ice. <laughs> so it's an offshoot of their zombie dust. Okay. I swear to you, I mean, look I, look at this can. Undead I, Double Pale Ale. Yeah, it's a double pale ale, sort of an offshoot of zombie dust, which came out in 2010, which at one point was like really hard to find, like gumball head and zombie dust. You couldn't right. find it anywhere. Um, so this is like one of their newer, the guy at the liquor store said it's been selling pretty well. But I swear, people buy this stuff just for the art alone. It doesn't matter. I feel like people like they don't even know what a double pale L is, but they'll buy it just for this for the art that's on the can. How did they get Diane Feinstein to pose <laughs> like that? That's her on the can, right? <laughs> well, either that or a, a zombie uh, with blue eyes. Ah, Cheers to the weekend, everybody. Here you go to the weekend. Oh. There it is. Eight and a half percent double pale ale. Let's go. Zombie ice, baby.